The following audio is from Lifehouse Church. We hope you are blessed by this message and encourage you to connect with us on social media or at lifehousechurch.org. Be kind, rewind. So if you were, you were born before the turn of the century, you know exactly where that uh, slogan came from. But in the slight chance that you were born afterwards and you're wondering, Jay, what in the world are you talking about, man? Let me explain. So before the days of Netflix, Hulu, Disney+, Plus, there were these prehistoric artifacts called a video cassette recorder. VCR for short, um, and they would take these monstrosities of a cassette tape called a VHS, and uh, back in those days, they had this magical place, a place where every dream of a child is uh, finally fulfilled, and no, parents, I'm not talking about Disney World. It's far cheaper than that, actually. It was called Blockbuster Videos. Blockbuster Videos, shout out to Blockbuster Videos because Blockbuster Videos was like the go-to spot in the early 90s. It was my childhood Friday night highlight because nothing beats, I mean nothing beats Friday night Blockbuster Video going in there because my favorite movie is now available on VHS. And at that moment, like every kid is trying to bribe their parents, Dad, I will mow the grass until I'm, I'm old. I'll do it if you just drive me to Blockbuster Videos because there's only three physical copies in the entire city to rent out and I gotta make sure I make it in there to rent out one of them. And so you make it to Blockbuster Videos and I love Blockbuster Videos because Inside every uh, one of those videos is a sticker with a saying. Uh, so for, for the younger generation out there, it's a sticker with a saying that's equivalent to your mom saying you got to wash your hands before dinner time. And so every single one of them, they have the sticker that says, be kind, rewind. That's it. Be kind, rewind. Really, really simple. They're telling everyone just to be kind, rewind. There was actually some blockbuster videos that went on to be even more kind by adding the word please. Said, be kind, please rewind, because they thought as an organization that it is common courtesy to practice the most simplest act of kindness by just rewinding your VHS before returning it. That's it. Be kind, rewind. And there was no greater frustration as a kid. You get your movie, popcorn's popping and ready for eating. And, and you, you're ready to pop this bad boy into your VCR because you're ready to watch Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles that evening. And you're ready to go, and, and you're trying to jam it in. Their VCR just spits it out. And you're wondering, what in the world is happening? Did they just give me a defective VHS, and you want to add another m- more of your, your you know, four-letter words or whatever as a little kid, and you're adding VCR and VHS. Oh, my gosh, what's going on? And, 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 and you come to the realization that the person that rented it before you was not kind enough to rewind it. I mean, what kind of heartless jerk would actually rob a child of such a simple pleasure of watching? Literally, you couldn't press the two buttons rewind and eject before you return the VHS. Because what that means now for me is I've got to take the 10 to 15 hours to rewind it myself. And in those times, I mean, it took forever. That's when your popcorn goes stale. That's when your cola starts going flat. I mean, you're supposed to be eating your Swedish fish while watching the movie, not watching the clock go from the ending all the way down to the beginning because no one was kind enough to rewind. Okay, I digress. Because Blockbuster Videos is now non-existent, 
And VHS, it seems like it's absolutely irrelevant now, and that statement is irrelevant as well. Unfortunately, however, not only are VHS irrelevant, it seems like we very rarely use kindness either. Here's the tension. We all struggle with the tension of wanting to take care of ourselves, but yet waiting for someone to take advantage. Where we struggle with this tendency and we wrestle with it where I know I should be nice, but yet nice people finish last. Nice people get ripped off. Nice people get taken advantage of. And, and I hate to even admit that even as a pastor because I've, I've at times grown cynical because I know I want to be nice. I love the Hub City. I love Frederick. I, I love Chambersburg. I, I love our online campus. I know I want to be nice to you. I really, really, honest to God, want to be nice. But there is a fear that's deep within inside of me that my niceness could be viewed as weakness and that I could get stepped on in the process. Maybe you can relate to that. Maybe you've said to yourself before that if I don't take care of me, then who else will? And let's face it, COVID didn't really make it any easier for all of us to be kind to one another because never in my wildest dreams ever did I ever think that the word mask shaming would ever come out of my mouth because there are those that are choosing to be unkind because someone chose to wear a mask or didn't wear a mask or someone chose to get a vaccine or did not get a vaccine and people were getting into fistfights for some toilet paper. I mean, toilet paper and hand sanitizers, and in, in the background, people are making a fortune out of all of our misfortune. So what in the world are we going to do? Where you, you, you come around saying, if I give them an inch, they'll take a mile, so I'll just retract that ruler back. I'll just take it all back. And, and we struggle with either you win or I do, but if I lower myself so that you could be lifted up, that means I'm the loser, so I'm going to choose to win. Second Samuel chapter 9 it talks about a story of King David and his response to this very tension. For, for those of us that think perhaps kindness is weakness, David's response actually is very eye-opening. You see, David was close friends with Jonathan. That was King Saul's son, and King Saul absolutely despised King David, absolutely hated him, wanted to, to, to be cruel to him, not kind to him, because he knew that God had a, a greater and a better plan for David than he had for Saul, because David was, was supposed to replace him as king. And so he tried to kill him for several years. He tried to run him down, but David who could have easily retaliated, could have easily killed him, he chose not to. And later, King Saul, he dies with his son in battle. And now David is king. He's winning wars. His house is getting stronger and stronger. And all of a sudden, word comes of Saul and Jonathan's death in battle. And now King Saul's house is in turmoil. And we're going to pick up this story here in 2 Samuel chapter 4, verse 4, where it reads this. It says, Saul's son Jonathan had a son named Mephibosheth, who was crippled as a child. He was five years old when the report came from Jezreel that Saul and Jonathan had been killed in battle. When the child's nurse heard the news, she picked him up and fled. She was so scared, she was so frightened that she picked up Mephibosheth and fleed. But as she hurried away, she dropped him, and he became crippled. Now, in those days, it would have been right for the king to kill off any heir of the previous king. 
I need to kill off any competition, any kind of rebellion that could ensue. I need to take it out before it it, it bears any kind of fruit. And so he's got a pretty easy target here in Mephibosheth. And so we're going to pick up this story in 2 Samuel chapter 9. So now David is on the hunt. He's, he's seeking for Saul's relatives. It says, David asked, is there anyone still left of the house of Saul to whom I can show kindness for Jonathan's sake? So initially, I, I, I first thought that there might have been a misprint here because King Saul treated David so poorly, and now King David is now in power. So I would have read it easily saying, is there anyone in King Saul's family whom I can show cruelty towards? But he says, so I can show kindness for Jonathan's sake. Now there was a servant of Saul's household named Ziba. They summoned him to appear before David, the king, and said to him, are you Ziba? At your service, he replied. The king asked, is there no one still alive from the house of Saul to whom I can show God's kindness? And Ziba answered the king, there's still a son of Jonathan. He is lame in the feet. Where is he? The king asked. Ziba answered, he's at the house of Machir, son of Emil, in Lodabar. So King David had him brought from Lodabar to the house, from the house of Machir, the son of Emil. And when Mephibosheth, son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, came to David, he bowed down to pay him honor. And David said, Mephibosheth, at your service, he replied, don't be afraid. David said to him, for I will surely show you kindness for the sake of your father, Jonathan. And I'll restore to you all the land that belonged to your grandfather, Saul, and you will always eat at my table. Mephibosheth bowed down and said, what is your servant that you should notice a dead dog like me? Now, if I was Mephibosheth, I would surely question David's invitation because if I was Mephibosheth, I I would not want to look for David because I know, one, I'm lame and I'm stuck in Lodabar. So I'm easy pickings for David. And so I'm not looking for trouble because I know I'm going to lose. But David seeks out Mephibosheth. If it was me, I'm not looking for relationship. I'm looking for revenge. And so here's Ziba saying, hey, the king wants you. And he invites, he invites Mephibosheth into the palace. And he lowered himself. Mephibosheth lowered himself. Look, David, I am a dead dog. I'm worthless. I'm powerless before you. And at the most lowest place, it would have been easy for David to just crush him. But rather than lowering him some more, David chose to lift him. What do we do when the world around us is every man for themselves? What do we do when every instinct inside of us says, get ahead even at the expense of someone else's life and livelihood? How do we respond? There is a principle here that I want to challenge all of us with. It's so simple. It's two words, and it's this. Be kind. Literally, be kind. It is so simple. I mean, it makes for a really good slogan, or at least that's exactly what Blockbuster thought. It's an easy slogan. Be kind. Rewind. And then all of a sudden, VHS was obsolete, and kindness wasn't far behind it. It makes for a really good T-shirt design. Be kind. And everything inside of our culture encourages and celebrates kindness, but why? Why does it seem so rare at times? Why does it seem so difficult to even do the most simplest act of kindness? It's because in order for us to be kind, we actually have to be selfless. And that's impossible. 
Because here's the reality. You and me, we're Mephibosheth. We are Mephibosheth because there is something inside all of us that we struggle with, selfishness, that ends up crippling us from being kind to others. Literally, we are not selflessly motivated to be kind to others. And this selfishness, what it does is it cripples our marriages. It cripples our, our workplaces. It cripples our communities. It cripples everything around us is crippled and lame. It's in their own load of bars. And you get stuck in it. And essentially, we end up like Mephibosheth. I'm just a dead dog. That kind of living literally leads us to death. And that struggle and that selfishness is rooted in what biblical authors call sin. Sin is any action, any thought, any intention that goes contrary to who God is. You see, the apostle Paul wrote about this in Galatians chapter 5. It talks about the sinful nature. He says, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, and he begins to lay out the desires of the sinful nature. He names things like jealousy, outbursts of anger, and watch this, selfish ambition. And he keeps on laying out these desires, and then he finishes off and says, let me tell you this again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Literally, our sinful nature is the very thing that separates us from God and all things good. It leads us crippled from God, but God. God loved us so much that he sought us out. Literally, he sought us out so that he could show us his kindness by this, sending his son Jesus to retrieve us, take us back to him. This is exactly what David did for Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth was not physically able to go to David. He was lame. He was stuck in Lodabar. He was crippled, and so he sought Mephibosheth out. He wanted to show Mephibosheth kindness, and so he sends his servant, Ziba, to retrieve him from Lodabar to bring him to the palace. God sends Jesus to retrieve us from our sin, to retrieve us from our selfishness, to retrieve us from our failure, to bring us back in right relationship with him. So everything that Jesus went through, his life, his death, his burial, his resurrection, was all for the sake of reconciling us back in right relationship with God so that those that would believe in Jesus by faith would be forgiven. You see, God wanted to offer more than just forgiveness. David could have just forgiven Mephibosheth. He could have just forgiven Mephibosheth, but he says this, don't be afraid, Mephibosheth. Everything that belonged to your grandfather Saul and now belongs to you. And more importantly, you're at, the, you're at the table now. Not just any table, not the kitty table, not the table across the street. You're at my table now because you once was a foe, now you're family. Literally, he gave him a brand new living area. You, you were living in Lodabar, now you're living in this land. You, you were eating here, now you're eating with me. That's exactly what Jesus does for us. You were living in sin, shame, and selfishness. Now you got a new inheritance. Now you got a new land to live in. It's called heaven. Now you, you got a seat at the table, y'all. You, you got a place now because you've been made in right relationship with God, and it changes the way that we live our lives. How does this work? God's spirit, which is invisible and eternal, through faith in Jesus, as we receive him, the sinful nature moves out, and the spirit of God moves in. As we begin to follow the spirit of God's leading in our life, he begins to fill us, and the byproduct of that is fruit. Paul actually concludes this in Galatians chapter 5. He says, but the fruit of the Spirit, watch this, is love, joy, peace, 
forbearance or patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. He said God's fruit and his filling is going to result in kindness for our lives. So how do we truly be kind? I want to give us two complimentary thoughts. And the first is this, to be kind, we have to become pleasant. We've got to become pleasant. And here's what David does. He says, don't be afraid. In 2 Samuel chapter 9, 7 and 8, don't be afraid, David said to him, for I will surely show you kindness for the sake of your father Jonathan, and I'll restore to you all the land that belonged to your grandfather Saul, and you will always eat at my table. Mephibosheth bowed down and said, what is your servant that you should notice a dead dog like me? Kindness is simply that. It's just being pleasant. And, and here's a, a key for all of us to become pleasant people. Here's just a rule of thumb. If you want to become a pleasant person, be the kind of person where it's pleasing for others to be around. It's pleasing for others to be around. Here, here, here's what David does. He could have shown cruelty because legally, Mephibosheth had the rightful rule to to be the next king in line because he was a relative of Saul. So he should have treated him cruelly, but yet he treated him kindly and was pleasant to him. He looked at him and says, "Don't don't be afraid. He disarmed him. He comforted him. Are people scared because you're around or are they comforted because you're there? Ask yourself that, and, 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 and then he, he says, I want to show you kindness for your father Jonathan's sake. Pleasant people share the goodness that they themselves have received. Your, your, your father was kind to me, and so I want to share it with you rather than hoard that we, we share. God gave to us his kindness, his goodness for us to share it, not to hoard it. What is the thing right now that perhaps you're holding on to that God is saying, I need you to let that go so that someone else could be lifted up by it? It may be the difference between us being pleasant or not. Mephibosheth lowers himself and he says, I'm just a dead dog. He could have addressed them by his disability, but yet he addressed them and gave them dignity and said, no, you're Mephibosheth. Come on, stand up, because being pleasant has nothing to do with what you could get from people, but rather what you could put in people. Value, worth, dignity. He had nothing to gain and everything to lose by being pleasant, being kind to Mephibosheth, but he chose to be kind. You know, when, when, when you look at pleasantness, normally it's contrasted with, with bitterness, with envy, with jealousy, and with everything that, that David had gone through. It would have been right, almost justifiable, that he would carry on all those offenses. To carry on bitterness, to carry on envy, to carry on jealousy. And it would be justifiable maybe even for you to to carry that grudge. It would maybe be justifiable for you to carry that hurt because that person walked away or that person broke their promise. You can carry that grudge. Maybe much like Mephibosheth, You didn't choose to be in Lodabar lame, but rather maybe you got dropped. And you can carry that. You can carry that hurt, but it's going to come at a cost. It'll cripple you, and you'll treat others cruelly around you, and you won't be pleasant. We can, we, can walk around, we can walk around with that chip of our shoulders because of what they said, because of what they didn't say or what they should have done or what they didn't do. We can walk around, but it's going to come at a cost, and it's going to cost us are our place, and it's going to cripple us, and it's going to cause us to treat others cruelly and stop us from being pleasant, or we can believe that God loves us. 
we can believe that God loves those who love us and also he loves those who don't love us and that he wants to use us as an expression of the kindness in our lives because this is what being pleasant is. This is what being kind is, letting God out so that you can lift someone else up. That's simply it. That's what David did. He lifted Mephibosheth to a place that he physically would not have been able to get to himself. And it may not cost you a plot of land to be pleasant to someone. It may be really simple, but it has to be really intentional. Maybe it's a smile. Maybe it's an encouraging word that you can give to someone rather than a harsh response. Maybe it's a compliment. Maybe it's a word of encouragement that's going to lift someone else up. Ask yourself the questions, are people more scared of me or are they more comforted of me? Are, are people smiling more because I'm around or are people smiling because I left? Are, are people torn down or are they lifted up with the words that I use? We have to become pleasant. Lastly is this, to be kind, we must do good. We have to do good. It says, then the king summoned Ziba. Saul's steward and said to him, I have given your master's grandson everything that belonged to Saul and his family. You and your sons and every one of your servants are to farm the land for him and bring in the crops so that your master's grandson may be provided for. And Mephibosheth's grandson, your master, will always eat at my table. Now Ziba had 15 sons and 20 servants. So that's a lot of farming. That's a lot of, uh, a lot of harvesting of the crops. It says, then Ziba said to the king, your servant will do whatever my lord, the king, commands his servant to do. So Mephibosheth ate at David's table like one of the king's sons. Mephibosheth had a young son named Micah, and all the members of Ziba's household were servants of Mephibosheth. And Mephibosheth lived in Jerusalem because he always ate at the king's table. He was lame in both feet. You know, sometimes someone could be lame and still be living somewhere completely different because someone chose to lift them up. Kindness simply leads to goodness. You know, it doesn't just stop at a, a simple disposition of our face or a soft word. It, it actually goes about in, in showing goodness. That's what Paul was saying. Look, here's the fruit of the Spirit, y'all. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. Goodness is a natural progression out of an overflow of kindness. And here is goodness. Be good and do good. Be good and do good. Here's David. David invited Mephibosheth. Hey, why don't, why don't you come to my palace and I want you to eat at my table always. You want to know what the, the Greek word for that word always is? Always. It's all the time. Some of us think that, hey, you know, I did that one good thing. That's good. But is it goodness? See, goodness is ongoing good. When, when you look at the, the, the original text of the word kindness, you don't see be a nice person. Rather, literally, it's, it's, it's not only good, but it's good for you. It's not only pleasant, it's also practical. It's not just saying, hey, you know, I'm inviting you for a meal. It's making sure I got, I got food on your plate too. And I'm going to keep showing you. And David showed the goodness of God, the kindness of God ongoing. He said, I'm going to treat you like family. He, he, could, have treated, he could have treated Mephibosheth like trash. Customarily, with, with someone of his disability, they were treated as worthless. They should be trampled on. They should be disregarded. 
David could have done what made him feel good, what made him look good. Hey, David, it's going to make you look good. Just crush him. It's going to make you feel good. Just, just, just repay what his grandfather did to you and pay him back with some revenge. But that's not goodness. It's not about you feeling good or you looking good. It's doing good for someone else's good and for God's glory. For God's glory. So he invites him over and says, your family now. And, and not only that, I'm going to make sure Ziba, his, his sons and his servants, they're going to they're serve you. He stuck around long enough in someone's life in order for Mephibosheth to be lifted up. He says, now he's living in Jerusalem now. He's living in Jerusalem. A man who was stuck in Lodabar got picked up by Ziba, and now he's living in Jerusalem because why? There's an invitation. There's a constant invitation, a continuous act of kindness, an ongoing goodness that was displayed and given over to this man, Mephibosheth. Today, I believe that there are Mephibosheths that's living in Lodabars all across our campuses, all across our communities. What would happen if we took the approach of Ziba? and said, I will do whatever my king commands me to do. You know what he commands us to do? To be kind. I believe that people stuck in Lodabar would begin to be lifted up. What if all of a sudden we didn't seek out to, to make ourselves look good or feel good, but rather to do good for someone else's good and for God's glory? I believe that people in their marriages would become lifted up. I believe that the children would get lifted up. I, I believe that workplaces and communities in our cities will become lifted up. Maybe today you found yourself just dropped. and like, Jay, I really want to, to be kind but I feel like I'm crippled in doing that. You know, the only way for us to truly be kind is to first receive the kindness of God through faith in Jesus. You know, the Bible tells us it is God's kindness that leads us to repentance, leads us into a completely different life, in a U-turned in, in kind of life. And, and so perhaps that's you today. Maybe as, as you're listening, as you're watching this online or in all of our locations, I believe right now that there is a king that has been searching with love and, and, and kindness in his eyes, searching for Mephibosheths out there. And maybe I'm just Ziba this weekend and saying the king is looking for you. And he's got a new place for you. He's got a new life for you. And he wants to lavish you with his kindness. And today, maybe that's you. You're, you're placing your faith in Jesus and saying, Jesus, I want you to be my Lord. I want you to be my God. Would you turn from that sinful desire and would you allow the Spirit of God to begin leading your life and filling your life with the fruit of kindness so that you could be kind to those around you? If that's you today, look, we, we believe that Everyone who, who comes to know God can, can experience a family here at LifeHouse. And so would you let us know about your decision? All you have to do is simply text JESUS to 81411. And we want to come alongside of you in this journey and this new faith. If you've already made that decision to follow Jesus, let me ask you, who's, who's the person right now? Is it your, your spouse? Is it your coworker? Is it, is it the person that, that lives in your neighborhood? that you need to show God's kindness towards, that the, rather than lowering them, God is saying, I need you to lift them. I need you to lift them. 
who's that person? Would you join me as we pray? Father, we thank you. I thank you for your your ever-loving kindness. I thank you, God, for, for your goodness over our lives. Father, I pray that you would release us to do good, not so that we can look good, not so that we can feel good, but rather, God, so that we can do it for others' good and for your glory. And so, Lord Jesus, I pray for every Mephibosheth out there, every person that feels like they're lame, stuck in Lodabar. I pray that your love, your kindness, and your goodness will begin to lift them out, out of that place. I pray, Father, for, for just a release of your kindness, a release of your goodness in this place this weekend, Lord. We love you so much, and we thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to audio from Lifehouse Church. We believe that through Christ, life change happens here. So we invite you to connect with us further by visiting lifehousechurch.org.